0: Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we've got Bryce Garcia on, and he's going to tell us all about how he's house hacking here in Austin, Texas. Hey, Bryce, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Thanks for coming on, man. I know you're crushing it with your house hack in Austin. I wanted to let everybody else know how you're doing that so they can do it too. But real quick, before we get into that, who are you and how are you involved with real estate investing? Who am I? That's a good
1: question. I try to ask myself often. Um, So I'm originally from the Boston, Massachusetts area, Sudbury, Massachusetts. Um, Always grew up a huge sports fan and ended up in sales. And it wasn't until the pandemic where it really hit me that I needed to get some form of passive, quote, passive income, um, another revenue stream. And Austin was just this place that I visited about two years prior. And I was like, I love it here. It is amazing. Um, and I've always wanted to be in the warm weather. So um, today in Austin, it's 77 degrees on December 1st, which is pretty incredible being from Massachusetts. Um, so it was the combination of um, I realized I needed to get into real estate. Uh, this was a, probably the best market for it um, that I could afford, really. And I really wanted to be in warm weather and I just love the atmosphere. So I ended up coming down to Austin, um, found you from your podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, scanning the bigger pockets forums. I saw you had your podcast and it was super niche, um, which is great. I think they say that riches are in the niches and uh, just how you had it specifically about Austin. I listened to like seven episodes in a row. I think you were Yeah. It was like very early on in your podcast when I found out about you and then messaged you and you
0: became my agent. So it was pretty cool that, um, I guess I'm on it now. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I absolutely love that. Um, we can get you on the podcast now. So like you said, um, when I started this podcast, I was a little clunky with it. And I, I had some great guests in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So for anybody listening, I'm actually reposting some of those guests where I'm like, man, I got this awesome person on the podcast um, that has thousands of units. And I forgot, I didn't really have any listeners at that time. So um, anybody listening, go back and listen from the beginning. Don't just start from whatever episode you jumped in on because there's some awesome people on there. You'll hear so many stories about how people got started with real estate investing, how they built up portfolios of thousands of units and really what's working for them in the Austin area and that's really the goal of this podcast is not let's just talk about how great everybody is and we're only going to have these super sophisticated investors on but just let's have people on who are making it work in Austin, Texas at any level that's really my only criteria for getting people on the podcast is like do, do you invest in Austin you know cuz all we we both you and I we always hear Well, you can't invest in Austin. It doesn't work to invest there, and we're like, that's not true. You know, we're both doing it. Yeah. So that's and you posted, you posted the
1: other day that Austin's majority renters, which um, is very cool to be a homeowner
0: in a majority renter place. Yeah, and I don't know the exact reason for that, but only forty five percent of the people that live in Austin own real estate in Austin. I don't know that they don't own real estate somewhere else, but again, mm. only 45% of the people that live here own real estate.
1: It is a very young city.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the median age is like 31 or 32. Dang. I'm really. getting close to that. Yeah. I'm past it. I'm, I'm, I'm past the median 33. is so median getting on the other side. <laughs> so. Bryce, um, why obviously you said, Hey, I love Austin. What drew you to Austin? Why'd you end up coming down here and checking it out? Um, I guess I've always wanted to be
1: in the warm weather. And when I was, I believe I was, I may have been in New York or living in Boston when I first visited here. I don't really remember, but, um, it was just one of those places that you always hear of having like a great time. Um, so everyone raves about, I've never heard one person say they didn't love Austin. So it's kind of in the same level as like a Nashville and I'd already been in Nashville. So I was like, all right, Austin's this next place I have to go to. Um, so I came down with a buddy of mine we went to the UT game and I've been to Gillette stadium. The Patriots are the best, but it was a different atmosphere at a UT sold out conference game that hundred thousand people i was like oh my god (laughs) and then uh you know we're just we're cruising around and it was just so it's such a funky city there's and there's so much outdoor activity that i was like wow this is really this is a great place and every person i had met was seemed so nice and we get a little of a bad rap but in the northeast about being kind of tough um It may or may not be true sometimes, but I just felt so welcomed here and I would go out and I was here. I ended up coming a couple of days before him and I would just go out to eat by myself. And every time I was out, I would end up having like an amazing conversation with somebody. Um, So it was just like it seemed socially this was the spot. Again, I always had wanted to live somewhere warm where I could wear shorts out in December Mm -hmm. outside uh, and then it the, then once the pandemic happened it was like oh man if i lost my job right now i'd be in trouble i really need to get some type of um some type of income elsewhere and i've always been super interested in finances and money but real estate was never even i never considered i only thought like you and you were a real estate agent i never even considered a real estate investor mm-hmm. um and the idea of owning a property i just I don't really like houses that much. I don't like figuring out furniture. I hate repairing stuff. Plumbing, I don't. That's just not for me. And so when I'd hear like my cousins who had a condo and talking about all the repairs they were doing, I would see my parents when they had these new houses. I was like, this is not for me. So I never even considered it until like until the pandemic. And then I just instantly started saving up as much as I could. I was like, I need to get involved ASAP. So
0: that's kind of how I ended up coming out, coming down here that's awesome yeah no i think a lot of people like you said think being a real estate investor is so hard you have to you have to be a certain person or be at a certain Mm -hmm. place to invest in real estate where the reality is you just have to have a down payment for a house to move into somewhere from three to five percent down Mm -hmm. um i've seen people buy houses for nothing down um I actually recently had a client get a lot of money back at a closing because he had down payment assistance and the prorated rents and security deposits from the duplex ended up equaling him getting money back at wow. closing. So the seller paid for all of his closing costs. He had the, the down payment assistance, which is another loan. It's important for mm-hmm. people to understand that. It's not just free money coming from the government, which we've gotten a little used to, but um, it, it is a loan. And it's just you know 100% financing, essentially. But if you can get the seller to cover your closing costs and you get prorated rents and security deposits, that's a free house. It is a free house, essentially. And yeah, you said it with the
1: 3.5% or 5% down. I remember my friends bought a house. And it was. I looked it up what it was worth on Zillow. And I was like, wait, 20% of that? Like, There's no way I have that money. And that was only like two years ago that I didn't even realize you could get
0: it for lower than 20% down yeah yeah and a lot of people don't they think hey yeah. i've got to have this 20 percent down i need an 800 credit score and I need all mm-hmm. these things to get it and it's like not really no. now in, in reality i want to say and i might be wrong i'm not a lender but i want to say the lowest credit score you can buy a house with an fha loan is 580 yeah. probably not going to get a very good interest rate there yeah. but i know you can get a loan at somewhere in the fives and you need a, as little as Nothing down, you know, maybe a thousand dollars down to buy a house views, down payment assistance. And again, there are strings attached. It's a loan, you're paying for it. But yeah, if you can make the numbers work, who cares? And you did point
1: out the interest rate, like what we're getting for interest rates now. It's if you were sit, if you leave that money in cash, if you have twenty thousand dollars, it makes more sense to get a loan um with an interest rate of three, two, two and a half, three, whatever percent it is, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way uh, the, I guess the value of your dollar is decreasing every day by just sitting in cash.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, if you're getting paid, let's say just for laughs, 1% from your bank, which you're not getting anywhere close to that. <laughs> nope. you're having your, your money in the savings account. And it's depreciating through inflation at 7% means you're losing you know, 6% of your money every, every year you hold on to it. And I think yep. that's like 6% a quarter right now, but I don't think that will continue. Um, so yeah, you're losing money, having it in cash right now. And if you took out a loan to buy real estate and again, not an economist, not a lender, but if you took out a loan to buy real estate at a 3% interest rate, and you're paying that back with tomorrow's dollars, which are worth less mm-hmm. because they inflation and the dollars losing value. Um, just winning all around you've got a spread on on what you're you're making off the the property and what your interest rate is on the loan so if you're making let's just say you're making six percent return on the property which would be a very doable return you know long-term rentals you can do six percent return really easily Mm -hmm. you're making a six percent return you've got a three percent interest rate you've got a three point spread there you're making money and you're paying down the loan with today's dollars. You're paying back yesterday's loan and you're appreciating and you're getting tax benefits and just, just all these great, great, yep. great benefits.
1: And you're living there.
0: It's a house hack. Yeah. And you're living for, for cheap or free, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's all the reasons to house hack. I love that. Um. So, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, hey, I, I got to get into real estate investing. Was there any specific source or book or anything you you read to get into real estate investing that just kind of triggered that in your head?
1: Yeah, it was the Bigger Pockets. Uh, They're all the Bigger Pockets content. Mm-hmm. So my friend, my friend, who's actually I met him in New York. He's actually from Austin. Justin Wong, um, he had made a comment that he was looking at real estate. And I just asked him, I was like, What do you even, I don't even know where to start. And he just said, Bigger Pockets. I was like, wait, I've actually heard of them. So I think I found one of the podcasts and then I was just hooked. I remember like everywhere I was, well, I wasn't going anywhere because I was stuck at home, but um, I, I was all day, I was like, had the headphones in listening to it. I bought a couple of their books. And, and then I, I even remember like where in my house I was sitting when I found your podcast, yeah. <laughs> in this chair, and I was like reading the book while listening to your podcast, which probably isn't the best to intake information. But I was like, I need to learn everything as possible. So definitely bigger pockets, and then um, browsing the forums on bigger pockets. So so the podcast, the book, the forums,
0: and then I found your podcast through that. Love it. I actually got into real estate. I had always thought about it, but I had never taken any action. Um, and I, ha- I was running a personal training business at the time. And I was probably seven years ago training somebody at night and he was a real estate investor. And he goes, Oh, you, he, he knew I was interested in real estate. He said, Oh, you have to listen to this podcast. This crazy Grant Cardone guy is on there listening to the episode <laughs> that he's on. And I was a multifamily it. one. Is that how you got into duplexes? Uh, I was always interested in duplexes. It just made sense for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's all these reasons why you want to buy multifamily real estate. But for me, I I always had this thought in my head that I'm going to buy a duplex. I'm going to live in half for for free or for cheap. And I'm going to have the other half rented. That was the only thought. It wasn't how I can make this happen. It wasn't You know, what's the cash flow going to look like? It wasn't, oh, I'm going to move out and rent it after or sell it after. You know, I just had this thought of, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea to have somebody else paying most of or all the mortgage? Mm -hmm. And that was really as simple as it was. That's great. Yeah. No, I, I love house hacking. As we record this, I'm in my house hack duplex in East Austin. And we are going over to my house hack duplex in 78745 South Austin that we are just finishing up a rehab on after this. And we're going to just do a little bit of work there, but not a a ton. Um, So I guess, Bryce, tell us real quick what you're doing and why you love what you're doing. I know you talk about it all the time on social media and it's working really well for you. So how are you house hacking in Austin and how's that working for you?
1: Yes, yeah, so I got this advice from Lucas Piper, your old guest, mm-hmm. uh, former guest, I should say. And so I've been putting it on Airbnb when I'm not there. So I do a lot of traveling. Uh, we kind of have this joke at my at my company. They're like, "Oh, where in the world is Bryce now?" Um, so I just came back from Massachusetts for Thanksgiving. So this whole break, I had Airbnb my place. So it's like while I'm at eating Thanksgiving dinner, there was somebody here, um, which is cool. And so I've just been doing that. Uh, I didn't really want a roommate. I would be open to a roommate if it came to that. And I wouldn't, I, cause I have an extra room in my place. So I'm, I understood I could always find a roommate. Um, but the idea of, I don't need a room roommate now. And I know for, I know that when I first got this place, I knew I had all these plans to travel like every single month. So I was like, well, I can just rent it out then. And that's realistically going to be worth more than having a roommate uh, at the end of the day, especially in October, especially in August. I went to a wedding on Nantucket for, I think I was there for a week. And then I saved in Massachusetts for a couple of days after that. So it was like, all right, there's a few, two, it was like, ended up being two weekends, I think. So that paid for the mortgage.
0: And it was just from there, I was like, wow, I got hooked from there. It was pretty great. Yeah. And that's such a simple concept. And it seems to be so hard for a lot of people to grasp with like, Hey, I'm not going to be in my space. I'm going to be out here or I'm going to be here. Why don't I just rent out my space? Um, It's so simple and it works so well. Obviously and- you're crushing it with it.
1: It's crazy how well it works. And granted, I do have a, I am, it is a location. I'm very close to downtown. You can hop on one of these scooters and be in downtown and you're on rainy street in no time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go on the river and do that scenic route too. Um, So I do have a good location and I don't really have much stuff. I'm not a hoarder. So it's not like I have all these like pictures I have posted or anything like that, that I'm trying to hide and like, I don't have anything valuable besides you know these headphones so it's like so i'm not really worried about theft all you have to do is just lock up your stuff um people are always always asking like oh you let people in your house i'm like yeah i don't okay i would rather have the money than that than worry about something else but um or having somebody sleep in your bed seems to be an issue but it's like i'm not sharing the same sheets as them
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. I think those are the two biggest things I hear too. I said, Hey, you know, you could Airbnb this while you're not here. Well, people be in my house. Yeah, to put, I have a locking door on the closet right here. If I need to put anything in there and lock it, I can lock it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only one that has the key. Nobody's getting in there. And yeah, just like you said, you're changing the sheets when these people leave. Yeah. So if anything, it's probably causing you to keep your house cleaner and more organized than it probably normally yep. would be and it helps you stay decluttered because mm-hmm. you're always having it set up for people to be an Airbnb guest.
1: Yeah, buying less stuff, less furniture, so that's less money out of my pocket. Um yeah, I think it's great. I I don't know I don't know if there are, there seems to be a lot of laws around it which is kind of disappointing that some states would do that. Mm-hmm. Um some areas, this is another reason why Texas is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the uh, the income tax. I know Austin has some restrictions on it, so you have to be mindful of that um, and pay the tax and uh, apply for the permit and everything. Um, so you just want to be mindful of the rules. But as long as you can do it, it's I I love the strategy and it kind of incentivizes you to travel more. I've gone I've extended my stays at some places because it's why not? I have somebody else in my place.
0: So do you just you you book you set your calendar on airbnb for all the times you're going to be gone yep um, so it's blocked out um the majority of times but then when
1: i know i'm traveling uh i open it up and it usually gets booked pretty quick okay. and then um so it's either booked pretty quickly or and one of the times i was traveling I I didn't have a booking until like three or four days prior, but then that person is, you know, they're coming to Austin for the weekend and they're booking last minute and I was available. So it's another, it's hard to, I've never had somebody not book when I've had it open for a weekend that I've been going away. Really?
0: So you've never had a situation where you've been, Hey, I'm going to leave in a week and somebody's not coming. Yeah. Never. Wow. That's wild. Um, So I, I just want to get a little more into how you run an Airbnb. Cause I know that's going to be questions for other people. Um, I think, you know, obviously there's a question of, uh, or the worry about, I don't want people in my house. I don't want people on my bed. Uh, how do you handle check-in and dealing with them while they're there? Cause obviously you're not there, you're somewhere else.
1: um so there's a couple ways i can go with this um for check-in i have essentially a same check-in template and i've been able to learn about it so i I would you know take advice from other people on what to put in and then the more times i get questions i just updated my check-in uh my -hmm. check-in message to them and so Every time somebody books, I always make sure like, hey, this is my place. There's a there's a uh, a curfew, a noise curfew to make sure they're not partying. Like if you're playing to party, that's cool. I'll cancel your booking and give you your money back. But I can't have that. I just can't have that in my place. Um, so I usually get confirmation there. And then I'm like, okay, great. I'm sending you, I'll send you the check-in code for the key. So I have one of those remote Mm keypads that you buy on Amazon. I think it was $200, totally worth it. So I have that. I also have a ring, the ring um, doorknob. So I have the video and audio and I disclose that. Um, But that's just a little added layer of safety and security. So you can check in If They're bringing in like a hundred people. You can see it on the camera uh, if you really need to, but I don't, I kind of trust my people, so I don't really do that, but it's there in case. Um, so then I have my messages laid out. And another thing is, is one of your former guests, Diego Corzo, he has his mastermind groups. So he told me about it and I ended up joining the short-term rental one, the micro tribe he does. And I, and I learned about this app or this website called hospitable, and it essentially takes your Verbo and your Airbnb listings, and it syncs it up. So the calendars are synced. So you're not going to get a booking on VRBO one day and the same exact day you get one on Airbnb. Um, and you can also set messages. So when a certain time, so I usually send them a check-in message a few hours or so before, and it's all automated. So I, I've written the message one time, and then once their bookings coming up, it's already set to send them a message and then you can even set. So like, if you get questions about pets, I don't allow pets here. So it can, it will use like some, some form of AI to see if there's a quite inbound message about pets and you can have an autoresponder saying, sorry, pets aren't allowed. And it's like, I think it's like $25 a month or something. It's like, it's just the complete, the biggest time saver ever. So I previously had been manually copying and pasting it from my notes app to the Airbnb app mm-hmm. to send it. And now with hospitable, I don't do any of that. It's already set. So I don't have to, I spend like, I don't even, I don't even, I can check if I want to, but it's usually great. I usually get a message back
0: from the guest saying, thank you so much right away. Yeah. No, I love that. I love things you can automate. Um, Either you automate, uh, so an Airbnb, if you're an Airbnb host, there's tons of platforms like that, hospitable, where you can Mm -hmm. automate a lot of stuff. And then um, to delegate, you can delegate a lot of stuff to your cleaners. You know, a lot of people have, say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Cleaner, um, all these toiletries are in this locked closet here. When you come, unlock this closet, make sure there's paper towels, make sure there's toilet paper, make sure there's soap. Um, you can really make Airbnb more of a hands-off business with all these yeah. things. And you mentioned uh, Diego's mastermind, Rat Race to FI. Uh, and I think they have micro-tribes now We mm-hmm. talk about uh, house flipping and short-term rentals and all that sort of stuff. So anybody listening, look up Rat Race to FI, um, Financial Independence. And they've got a ton of great stuff. But I mean, I think that's really smart. So you said, Hey, I want to do Airbnb. I'm just copying and pasting all this stuff and I'm making it happen. But how do I do it better? So you went and you found a group of people that are doing it and they're a mastermind and they share all the stuff they're doing better. Say, Hey, sign up for hospitable. It's 25 bucks a month. It's going to save you so much time. It's going to make your life so much easier. And in reality, it'll probably make you more money because it'll get you better reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Price is awesome. He gets back to me right away.
1: Right, it's instant too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Ned, we brought up the the cleaner, and um, I got my cleaner recommendation from you, Pilar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Pilar and her husband Steven have just been like amazing to me. They've they've done all the cleaning anytime I have a if I have a have to have a guest coming, they'll always come in and make sure the place is clean. They helped set up all the furniture, like. I, I bought one thing myself and we immediately got rid of it because it just didn't fit. Like, that's just not my skill set. Um, so, they are really my MVPs on that front. Uh, and, Diego, like you said, with that mastermind, it's um, just joining and learning from people. So, I've learned from you, I've learned from Lucas, I've learned from Diego, I've gotten help from those two. Um, another guy named Mark who owns um, Oakwood Barbecue, Oakwood, I think it's called on, on Breaker Lane. Um, he's helped me a lot too so just really about like once you get involved it's like all these other people help you and all these other people are like what makes you successful like i I really can't stress it enough it's not about just me it's really everybody else
0: yeah oh i i'm not i i strive to not be the smartest person in the room yeah if if i know more than everybody there that's not a room i need to stay in too long i need to go find places where i'm i'm the dumb guy because there might be people that tell me how to, you know, manage my Airbnb so easily that I don't have to even think about it. Or, you know, buy more properties or do this and that or manage my business better. It it's just so much fun to be around people that are doing it at a higher level than you. It's not yeah. degrading or it doesn't pull you down. You don't feel bad about yourself. You're like, oh, that guy's got 50 Airbnbs. And I only have two you see this guy that has 50 and you say, wow, he has 50. He's not any smarter than I am. So why can't I do that?
1: Yeah. Um, It's definitely inspiring. It's not, um, it doesn't bring you down. It's kind of like uh, a jujitsu. When you go to jujitsu, it's like you just get beat up all the time, but mm -hmm. the people who are beating you up are always helping you and teaching you because it was them a few years ago and they still get beaten up by people better than them. It's kind of works that way.
0: Yeah. The mastermind effect is a real deal. Um, i haven't talked to anybody who's been in any sort of good mastermind for the next even in, any period of time that hasn't gotten a lot out of it and it is just a, it's a magical effect really um it's not that everybody has a secret formula it's like you get a bunch of people in a room that are trying to do the same things and they're going to pull each other up so yeah
1: you uh so you have a i think you have you're in go abundance right
0: yeah i'm in a mastermind called go abundance uh it's not all real estate investors, but a lot of real estate investors. Um, And that's been really instrumental in me having great success in the last couple of years. Um, But I've always been in some sort of mastermind in the periods of time. I haven't I've been kind of stagnant. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. Yeah. It it typically costs money. You know, you typically have to ROI on that is huge, huge you typically have to pay somebody to manage all the back end and somebody to go out there and spearhead the thing, you know, running a mastermind is not something you just do for free. And then, um, I was actually listening to a podcast earlier today where somebody talked about that. If you're not investing money, you really don't care about it. So if it was just a free deal, like this is a good example, meetups. Um, uh, we run a meetup here in Austin called Austin real estate investing. Um, we might get 40 or 50 or 60 people that sign up for the meetup. Guess how many people show up on average? Out of I, That's how I met members. Lucas. So
1: there's like eight or 10 people who showed up in that one
0: time I was there. Yeah. And then probably 50 or 60 signed up. So mm-hmm. if you had 50 or 60 mastermind members that paid, let's just say $100 to be at a mastermind for just an evening. I would say probably 50 out of the 60, 55 out of the 60 will show up and actually take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So um, for everybody listening, yeah, you don't want to go take the infomercial course. It's $30,000 just to go to a weekend seminar. Um, but there's nothing wrong with joining a good mastermind or paying a coach or or joining an accountability group like the uh, the short-term rental uh, micro tribe. Yeah. And you have, you've had
1: some good meetups. I know I couldn't make to a couple of them, but you've had like Becca on there, uh, Becca Christensen. Uh, She's also been on the podcast. She's a great lender. She was very helpful to me too. Um, And I know you had this guy, I think of Tony something, starts with an
0: S I want to say he was recently on there. I think it was Tony. I have to look it up on my phone. I've had some Tonys on the podcast. There's been... Yeah. So listening to podcasts is free, but at some point in time you have to go out there and meet people. Yep. Um uh, Bryce brings up an awesome point. Like a lot of these, a lot of these people that you meet, your realtor, your lender, your property manager, like they're free up front. You pay them on the back end when something mm-hmm. is done. You don't need to pay your realtor. Um, the seller pays your realtor. And and you could argue that all day, say, Oh, yeah, you actually, you know, but do you you pay your lender when the deal's done, you pay your property manager after you start making income. Even if you're using an Airbnb manager like Lucas, Lucas doesn't get paid till you make income. So make connections, meet people, get out there, hit the streets. It's still, even in COVID, getting out there and meeting people is huge. Yep, couldn't agree more. Or do Zoom like this. Um, <laughs> Bryce, uh, could you give us a voice, some advice on how to avoid a bad deal? And it could be as simple as like, avoid this type of Airbnb guest or don't do this when you're running an Airbnb. Okay. Um, well, so I only have one. So I haven't had a bad deal
1: yet. But I would say knowing the market and knowing the area is very important, which is a no-brainer. Um, but so the way I found this place, obviously, besides you sending me the listing, uh, I stayed at an Airbnb the street over from this when I oh, came to Austin. Yeah. And the place wasn't as nice maybe it was at, it was comparable, but it wasn't anything fancy. Um, I spent, I think it was $800 for the week. And he had one bedroom that had a bed. The other bedroom was an office. And I was like, this guy doesn't even take advantage of all these beds he can put in there. So I, and I just knew, I was like, I know, when i travel if i travel if i go this airbnb route i know i can rent it like i know this will work cuz i've done it um and then so that was one thing and i think with airbnbs is like being very particular about your guests and um uh, being very specific about the rules and saying it over and over again like i have to be very mindful of the hoa um, and the other people in my condo that I cannot have any partying. Um, so being very upfront about that um, is super important. And I guess um, another thing I've learned in sales is like finding the right customer is very important and it's very okay to say no and walk away from a deal when you know the customer isn't right. Cause the, it's funny how the people who always like, the people who have messaged me most frequently and have been asking me all these questions and have just been like high maintenance, they've always I've come back to the place being a mess. And it's always been like from them versus the people who I barely even hear from. They're like, okay, great, thank you. And that's it. And it's pretty much the exact same. I'm in software sales. I was in sales um, for ad sales before and it's all the exact same. So be very careful about who you let in most people are fine i've really haven't had many issues but um
0: you want to screen out and filter out some people before you let them in for sure love it yeah no i think the last year being b i ran i learned the hard way not nothing terrible awful happened but i came home one time and there was a just a trash can full of liquor bottles Uh, the the other tenants, because it was a duplex said, Hey, there's a lot of noise downstairs and they were super chill. So there wasn't too much of a deal. There's weed all over the place and liquor Mm -hmm. bottles everywhere. And it smelled like smoke inside. And, you know, you can tell if my general rule. So for anybody listening, you can choose to take this as a grain of salt or whatever you want. My general rule was if you're a local, like if you're from the same city, as where my Airbnb is, I don't think I want you staying there because why are you staying there? You know, if you live three miles away or five miles away, even 10 or 15 miles away, why do you need to come stay at my Airbnb closer to the downtown area? And the answer is usually probably a party. You should have a party. Was that person local that that person did that? Do you remember? absolutely. Yeah, that was where (laughs) I got the rule from. Um, But yeah, now I think, This was 2016. I don't think we had ring doorbells then. You know, now with that kind of technology, you know, ring doorbells, I want to say there's noise sensors. Yeah.
1: So somebody was mentioning that to me. I should probably get it. Um, There's a sensor you can put in your house Mm -hmm. and you can set it to a certain level. So if it gets above that for a certain period of time, it can alert you and you can immediately contact that person staying at your
0: place. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to be intrusive. Everybody thinks, oh, you got to put a big camera up in the, the corner. No, you can put the noise sensor in. You can do the <clears> ring at the front door. And, you know, there's just all sorts of ways. And when you get in to the Airbnb world, you start to learn about all this software and technology that you can make sure you're not getting this, this guest from hell that everybody talks about that rarely anybody really gets. But, you know, you hear those stories of, oh, this person had a hundred people partying in their two bedroom house. Probably not, but there's ways to prevent it. There's definitely ways to prevent it and uh,
1: not be complicit. It can happen for sure, um, but you have to be smart about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, awesome. Um, So Bryce, what's one thing you'd tell somebody just getting started with Airbnb? They're saying, hey, like I just bought my first condo or my first house. I'm able to run Airbnb on it, and I'm gonna start Airbnb next week. What would you tell them? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys.
1: I would tell them. So I have one person I know, who just bought a place on the Cape and I'm so jealous. I don't own that. Cause I think it's going to make so much money. Um, but I, t- I was telling him um, his wife was doing a lot of the work and I, I told him the, so the hospital app, I told him about that. I told him about getting hiring pictures. Um, and he's like, Oh really? I'm like, yeah, it's like a hundred dollars pay for the pictures. They will make it infinitely better than anybody I don't know. I don't care how good your wife is at Instagram. She's not a professional photographer. Hire that out. The ROI on that is huge. My place looks so great on the photo- on the photos. Um, I don't even. It was probably a hundred dollars. Totally worth it. Um, I also tell people about Price Lab. So it's another thing I got from that rat race. Defy short term rental. Um, Micro tribe. And it's the same thing, it's similar, it's an automated pricing tool. So they're just gathering data on what's available, what the rates are. So I stopped paying attention to pricing. I used to go on and try to manually like compare who else is in the area. And like, it it was just so much time. But now with Price Labs, I did it. And I even got, um, there was one weekend where I was gone. I think it was at, I forget when it was, but I had ended up being gone for two weekends. And the price difference between the two was like a hundred over a hundred dollars difference. And there was nothing happening in Austin, but it was a hundred dollars higher from use the day I used price labs versus the one I didn't myself. So again, the ROI of me joining that rat race thing and getting the price labs immediately paid off. So that's another thing, just getting your systems in place. And then I would say is what I didn't necessarily do. Well, my first time is really working on your tracking your expenses. So like getting a separate credit card, which I have now, but I didn't start with that. Um, And then every single, like maybe a week or whatever it is going through all your expenses and really making sure that you're not overspending on things that aren't necessary. And I read the, uh, there's this this book that it's like the short term, right? It's a short term rental book. I'm blanking on what it's called. Um, but she recommended this book profit first on, yep. on, I mean, you've probably heard of that. So I read that and I was like, oh, wow, I need to do change everything about what I'm doing. Um, so that really helped me stop spending as much money and keeping track of my money. I now use Stessa, which is free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having your systems in place is very important. Getting good quality photos, um, being very mindful of your expenses, and, uh, I guess I was the last thing I'd say is get very good cleaners. Um, Pilar does an amazing job, but make sure you have those and you might need backups too. So get good cleaners there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If your cleaner goes out of town, you need to have somebody back up for it. Yeah. Um, but no, I love profit first. I think that's Mike Michalowicz. Yes. Um, yes. Amazing book. And then, uh, Avery Carl had a, short yes, term rental that's it. It's it that just came out recently and they run short-term rent short-term short-term something long-term wealth yep short-term rental long-term wealth yes they do short-term rentals and i want to say it's like a dozen markets now Mm -hmm. um they both they they own and they they broker short-term rentals so if you want to buy an airbnb in the smoky mountains or the panhandle of florida the short-term shop is absolutely who you talk to and i don't know all their markets so just look at their website but they're the largest short-term rental focused brokerage in the country right now. Uh, And they're awesome.
1: And they have another face. They also have a Facebook group too that I logged
0: into and you get a lot of good advice from that too. Yeah, no, they do awesome stuff. They'll, they'll sell you the short-term rental. They're not in Texas. Um, They'll show you the short-term rental. They'll teach you how to run it. And uh, they're, they're just kind of consultants there. So yeah, I really like the short-term shop too. They're great guys. Um, Bryce, what's next for you? What are your long-term goals and what's your real estate vision? Obviously you're hooked, you can tell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, we were just talking about this before, definitely getting another house hack. Um, When the time is right, I'm living here for at least a year, Um, maybe two if I want to be careful about the taxes in case I wanted to sell. I don't necessarily plan that, but who knows? Things happen. It was interesting, like theoretically be great to have something that's more compatible with a a short term rental, like a duplex and then renting out the other unit or whether it had like an additional dwelling unit. And then uh, which is kind of like a duplex and then renting out the other one full time. So that'd be great. Um, Something like that. And I'm also am looking at different markets to have a vacation rental in. And a vacation rental means that you would have to, you would have to actually vacation there, Mm -hmm. um, which like, Oh no, you're going to force me on vacation, but uh, you're putting 10% down versus 20. And that's a massive difference. Like that can be 20, 30, $40,000 difference um, and setting that up as an Airbnb. So I think one of those two will be my next move. Those will hopefully be my both, you know, move two and move three will be most likely one of those Um, long-term. I just want to get as many rentals as possible um, within reason. Mm -hmm. And I guess go from there. I know other opportunities are going to spring up um, that you can't really prepare for, but um, I'm just
0: kind of focused on those two items for now. Yeah, no, I love it. So um, obviously you can house hack a few times Um, So you can do a conventional loan, you can do an FHA loan. And then in the interim, like you talked about, you could do a 10% down second home or vacation home, which typically, and again, you need to talk to a lender. I'm not a lender, but I think typically needs to be over an hour away from where you are now. Yeah, You could do one on like Horseshoe Bay. Where Um, is that? That is Southwest or here, closer to San Antonio. It's a a nice lake down there. Or you could do one on Lake LBJ, you know, out West. I mean, it, it could be, and it, you know, it, it needs to be a vacation home, but there's nothing saying you can't make that your Airbnb and your second home. So actually have yeah. a business partner just bought a second home in South Dakota because his wife's family is from South Dakota. So now they've got a place to go for a month or two out of the year to see her family, but they're going to rent it out on Airbnb the rest of the time. Um, I don't know how many people travel to South Dakota. I wonder how that market is, but I'm sure they, they've done the research and know. You can actually see uh, Mount Rushmore from their front. Oh, OK. Of that spot. So okay, <laughs> that, that
1: explains that good call yeah. by them. Yeah. And I think there's some rule with isn't there like no also no state tax in South Dakota? I, I kind of spit on, but I feel like there's some rule where you can eventually make that your official residence and you only have to live there
0: like one day. I could have been making this up, but I feel like I heard that somewhere. Um, So that might be a tax strategy, yeah. Yeah, I know we don't have any state income tax in Texas, um, but I don't know a thing about South Dakota, I've never been. Um, (laughs) I I, I (laughs) wanna go to Mount Rushmore sometime, it looks cool. Yeah, well, now you know where to stick. Yeah, I've got a place to go, there you (laughs) go. I'm gonna hit him up for that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's awesome, you want a house hack next, you wanna do another vacation rental all awesome low down payment ways to buy cash flow in real estate. And when you're using Airbnb as your strategy, you can make a a mediocre long-term rental into a really good Mm -hmm. short-term rental. And then, you know, something we talk about a lot on here, if you understand the laws in your area, like maybe you can't do short-term rental, but maybe you can do monthly rental. Uh, Lucas calls them long shorts. Long shorts. Yeah, those can work great. You know, it can be twenty five hundred bucks for a two bedroom here in Austin on a long
1: so trip. I would I would have to do that with the current place I'm at, which I've already thought about and knew I had to do anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming the house hack works out and I can Airbnb my own my next house hack, um, that's what I would turn this into.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, you're just uh, you're figuring out hey, what can I do and how can I best maximize what I, what's available to me. So everybody can do that. You know, anybody listening, thinking, oh, I can't buy rental properties. Yeah, you can, you might have to buy a place and just rent it out while you travel like Bryce does. Or maybe you buy a duplex and you rent it out all the time like I do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many ways to get into real estate investing. There's not a wrong one, there's the right one for you and just make it happen. Yeah. Um, We've talked a little bit about books, Bryce. But do you have a favorite business or mindset book you like to recommend? Yeah, that profit
1: first one was now that I'm in this space, like realizing that um, was huge. I I don't know, maybe I read one of those books, um, Ramit Sethi. Mm-hmm. Um I will teach you to be rich. I know that's his website. I don't remember if that was his book, but I got a lot of good content from him on like, automating your finances. So I, have several savings accounts i have a travel savings account that i every time i get paid i automatically send money i i don't the system automatically sends money there so i have like a bank account specifically that i'm going to spend money on and he's very mindful of like choosing where you're going to spend money so I don't have a car payment. I don't buy that many nice clothes, except for occasionally a Lululemon shirt or something. Yeah. Um, so I don't spend money there. I spend my money on like travel and like health, food, fitness, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I automate my savings there. But that also really helped me get this house um, because I I never really planned on having a, a home. I always thought I was going to be renting, and because I like to move around, I don't like to be stuck with a mortgage. I thought he would be basically planted there. So I, I just contributed a few dollars. Like I ended up doing the math coming out to be a few thousand dollars a year towards a home savings account. It's because I knew I theoretically should do it, but I wasn't really convinced. And then, like I said, the pandemic happened. So I really turned up the dial on my automatic savings accounts. Um, And then I, I luckily have a good job where, um, maybe make commission checks. So I was able to, when I would get those big ones, I just took the lump sum into there. Um, but just having automatic savings accounts I learned from meet was very helpful. Um, so yeah, I guess Profit First, those money books have been really interesting to me. Um, and if I'm going to throw another one out there, um, Hard Money You Can't F With is a Bitcoin book or not a yeah. Bitcoin podcast, but I think that's one
0: of the best Books ever on Bitcoin. And if you're interested in that, that's where you should start. Awesome. I have not heard of that one. No, I also love uh I Will Teach You to Be Rich is Ramit Sadie's book. Um, that's funny. That's the way I got my first house hack. So Mm. I had a business and I would make a pretty consistent income, but you know, without having some system like profit first, I'd look up every month. It was all gone. Yeah. Like, believe it or not, I was making really good money. I'm like, where did all this money go? It's all gone. Um, so I use up my own version of Profit First now. And yeah, to get my first house hack, I just automatically was saving. You know, and eventually I had enough money to get my first house hack. I did have to liquidate part of a Roth IRA, but that's allowed to buy your primary residence. Um, so yeah, I didn't have anything when I bought my first one. And now I just use a version of Profit First to siphon away Mm -hmm. money off any any income that comes in so i can save that for real estate investing or any investing but mostly real estate investing
1: yeah and you don't even think about it it does it for you yeah
0: yeah it's awesome love it oh bryce so how can people get a hold of you if you want to learn more about you and what you're doing um is there a best way to get a hold of you
1: yeah that'd be instagram uh, bryce cold 12 b-r-y-c-e c-o-l-d like Ice cold, but Bryce cold. And then 12, um, when I was in third grade, I picked the number 12 in September for basketball. And then Tom Brady became the quarterback of the Patriots when Drew Bledsoe got hurt a few months later. So it's the best number there is. So you can't forget that. Um, Also on LinkedIn, um, Bryce Garcia. I work at Oracle right now. I used to work at Yelp. So I'm probably the only Bryce Garcia that did both. So you can find me there. Um, and message me there. So, um, Instagram or LinkedIn are the best way to find me.
0: Love it. You're real close to Oracle there too, where you are. I can basically see it. Yeah. I never put together the, the Bryce cold. I thought it was just Bryce and I'm from somewhere cold. Um, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense when you say it out loud. Yeah. Bryce last question here. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Uh, so in case you can tell I'm a Patriots fan.
1: Um, and there is a Patriots bar in Mueller called BD Riley's. It's an Irish pub. They get all of the, they imported all of the decor and everything actually comes from Ireland. Um, the, and on Sundays or whenever the Patriots play, the place is packed with all Pats fans. So I've been going. Uh, the first time I went was the first time I visited here in 2019 or so. And I was like, oh my God, I've never even been to a pass bar ever like this before. So then they, that was on Sixth street and they ended up moving to Mueller or, uh, they had two locations and they closed the Sixth street down, but that place on Sundays is amazing. And like, I've been going with the same group of people that I've become friends with, uh, Steve, the owner, he gets on the mic. And every time there's like a Patriots first down, he like announces it and the whole crowd starts yelling and he plays music every time they score and he's running around with the flag and the places it's just the best. So BD Riley's, if you're a Massachusetts native or new England native or a Pats fan, um, if you're a Jets fan, you're not allowed. Um, <laughs> but that is my favorite
0: place to be in Austin on game day. Awesome. I have never heard of it, but that's, that's really awesome. Uh, I, I love that place. Out. Yeah. Well, cool, Bryce. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Again, if you guys want to reach out to Bryce, the best way is to reach out on Instagram, Bryce Cold 12 and it's B-R-Y-C-E, Cold 12. And he's on LinkedIn, too, at Bryce Garcia. Awesome, Bryce. We will talk cool. here soon. Thank you so yes. much.
1: Thank you for having me. This is great. Glad to be on after
0: um, finding out about you through the podcast. So it came full circle. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you're the first guest to... Started listening to the podcast, bought a real estate investment in Austin, is now on the podcast, but that's super awesome. Wow, look at that. Yeah, you're the first. I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn profile there. There you go. My resume. All right. Have a great day, Bryce. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it.